This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Our Matrix server is about as free as Internet chat can be. Join the existing rooms or create your own at chat.freetalklive.com. Oh, no, there he is. I thought somebody's afraid a can of co-host be gone, but he has magically reappeared thanks to several magic rectangles we have here. Uh, it is Free Talk Live. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. we got some callers on hold. We're going to get to them momentarily. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. And Pigless Mountaineer. And joining us remotely from Florida... It's Mark Edge. Oh, there we go. There we go. All right. Little, little delay. He'll keep you on the edge of your seat. Did the sat phone have a delay in it? Was that is that what happened? <laughs> no. Uh, the reason I just covered my camera with so my could, little slide over thing so, could, so I could eat. Oh, I thought you were going to like pick your nose or something for a minute. Like, we, nope. don't, we don't want that on camera. The world but. may never know. But the yeah, world will never know what you were actually doing while that camera Perhaps was that's what he was eating. <laughs> <laughs> I've grossed out several listeners. <laughs> it's not the first time. <laughs> It'll happen again. Don't worry. If you're a regular listener, you know what to expect by now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go to some calls, shall we? Uh, let's go Relax. to... Uh, Let's go to Scroder calling from California. Scroder, you're on Free Talk Live. It's your boy, the evolutionary capitalist. Hey, uh, government isn't immoral because it aggresses. And by the way, it uh, it doesn't aggress against its citizens because you're here by choice. Why is he laughing? I didn't realize it was stand-up comedy night here on Free Talk Live. Oh, yeah, no such thing as democide. doesn't exist. Democide. Get, get real. But government yeah, democide. Look it up. Do you, do you know what democide is, Scrooter? Well, is it kind of like killing your citizens or genocide or yeah. something like that? Yes. Demo people killing. Killing other people. Killing yep. of your citizens? What is it? Yep, that's exactly it. Okay, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It is when a government kills its own except people. outside of war. Outside of war. Yeah. So not including that's, that's, war, that's, almost 300 million people in the 20th century alone. Yeah, and not, not killing kind of other like, government well, citizens, your own. All right, hang on. Let's give them a minute. It's not, it's not killing your own. Uh, it's not killing its citizens. It's actually benefiting the citizens. I think the rest of the world suffers due to our policy, not 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 the citizens of the U.S. So I wait, wait, wait. When the U.S. government murders some people, you think that's a good thing? Well, guess what? You're here by choice. You you contribute to that system that pays for that murder, so you're an accomplice. No, I've never been here by choice. It's always been enforced upon me. <laughs> Yeah, this you're, is actually a pretty taxes, right? similar argument to your argument about uh, uh, voting. So, because I'm an anywhere, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, because no matter where we go on Earth, some government will lay claim to us. Right. 
We don't actually have a real choice in the same way as when you vote, you don't actually have a no masters option. You do have a choice. Well, you can see Stead and everyone will leave you alone. Go to international waters and go float on a coral island or something if there is one. Right. And the U.S. will leave you alone. Uh, If if you think we haven't looked into that, you're you're mistaken. Uh, We have looked into that. And also, the U.S. government does not leave you alone if you continue to be employed in some way, shape or form. No. Can I finish? Okay, all the nations that allow for renunciation should leave you, you leave you alone. They will not tax you when you renounce citizenship, and they have no responsibility to what others will do to you if you try they to already know. land or whatever. Mark, Mark's bobbing his head and back and better. forth. Like I, Mark, go ahead. Here's, right. Here's so, Skeeter, I, I, I agree with your line of thinking. However, there's an important part that uh, a distinction here is, is I have a friend who renounced his citizenship and the United States oh, no. government about three years after he did so came back and said, hey, we want to audit your exit tax because we don't Mark. think you gave us enough money. Now, mind you, uh, he told me and I don't know how much he paid an exit tax, but I do know that the uh, accountant bill for that. Uh, exit tax was six figures. So I'm guessing he paid Mark, seven. Arguing from exception isn't is a valid way to prove your point. Are you talking about a billionaire crypto, uh, a, a, a founder crypto billionaire? Are you talking about that guy? I'm, I think I'm, the, you're talking about. At the time, there were no crypto billionaires by my calculations. <laughs> but he when did he, have a lot of money. Citizenship and went to Japan. That guy? Well, he lived in Japan for 20 years before that. that. (laughs) He lived in Japan for 20 years. It's not really fair to, like, try to make people think that renouncing citizenship... Okay, well, then, then, Schroeder, give us a practical example. Mark has given a practical example. Can you give us a practical example on the opposite side? That's a very rare exception he gave. gave Can you give us an example of not the exception? Okay, so he's not the exception. Most people are his net worth is under two million dollars. When you renounce citizenship, there is no exit tax. There is there That's is correct. a filing fee, and it's very nominal, which I offered to pay. If you guys are not uh, worth over two million dollars, right? No it's a nominal filing tax. fee, and and the exit tax is very fair. It's only no taxes fair. taxes on the gains you've made as a citizen. It's very fair. No. Because it's 50%. You have benefits Wait. as a citizen. Scroder, hang on. If you get into trouble internationally, Scroder, hang on. will come to your rescue. Yeah, uh, if you all do. right, I'm going to put him on hold. Mark, how much is the percent? The, the, uh, I think the exit tax is 50%. Five zero. Yes. Uh, Scooter, thanks for the Um, That's insane. That's insane. Uh, well, yeah, so the, first... and the things that he's claiming is is that as benefits, right? So you get these benefits as a citizen abroad. Oh, right, yeah. Um, oh, because you use the roads, therefore you're complicit. Right, right. right. You're not even using the roads. Right. Right? Nothing. Um, you can go to the U.S. Embassy. Mind you, every single country that doesn't have a worldwide tax lets its citizens go to its embassy, too. So... That's really not an explanation as to why the United States should do this. I think it's uh, inconscionable. I just don't see any reason why the U.S. should do this. But he is right that if you don't want to be a U.S. citizen, you can stop doing it. Sure. But uh, the grass isn't necessarily always greener on the other plantation. He's right. 
I just looked it up. Exit tax calculated 23.8%. I'd have to look into this a little further. Sure, sure. I don't know why I had 50% in my head, but 23.8% is one of the brackets for capital gains. Now, that's a quarter of what you made, which means you worked until April 1st for Uncle Sam. Hey, what a coincidence. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Let's go to uh, Crichton calling from Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. I just need to check and make sure that it's not a wrong answers only night, is it? <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess that really depends on you. Right? <laughs> Will you give us some right answers so as we change the theme for the night? I'll try. Um, first, I wanted to touch on a subject that came up earlier. Uh, and I, generally speaking, I agree with my spirit host, Mark Edge, um, as I usually do. Um, but I want to express an opinion, uh, like a, a, a mind kind of visual. Imagine someone, you got a bunch of guys against the wall. Mm-hmm. You don't know these guys, and you've been, you've been grabbed off the street, and you put, somebody put a rifle in hand and put you the line on a firing squad. Gave you one bullet. Uh, you one bullet spread shoot. between everybody on the firing squad? One of those situations? No. no. Okay. Everybody with a everybody gun. Everybody has a bullet. Yep. Everybody has a vote. Everybody has a bullet. Yep. But so, you don't have a choice. So what we point, everybody has a gun, has a bullet, and we point them at the politicians? I don't understand. Yeah, so in that situation, the most moral thing to do would be to turn the gun on the person who is attempting to make you a murderer. Yes, it would be. Uh, Okay. But of course, we know that that is not a realistic response to this situation. We have all been shanghaied, and the firing squad is immense. uh, 300 million people, and the other side is another. 300 million people. And all they have to do is shoot someplace else. So if you choose to not vote or vote, you know, off, Mm -hmm. you've done no harm. That is true. But it doesn't mean that you won't still be shot. Right. Yes. And, this is an extreme a visualization of it because, of course, most people don't die from being voted against, having the other side win. Um, but it doesn't mean it's not a, a visuality. But the problem is, how much is that individual's personal responsibility for being Shanghai? <clears throat> How much um, is it their responsibility so, for being Shanghai? Uh, in your or, in your yeah. example, not at all. Uh, they are not responsible for being in the situation that they have been put in. They are, however, well, responsible for their re- response to being in that situation. Sorry, Mark. Go ahead. I agree. Yeah. So here's what's frustrating for me. I moved out of the United States in 2020, and I come in and out. But at this point, I am not a resident, although you do have to, as a non, as a person who does, uh, does not live in the U.S., you have to claim a state as your residence, so there's some complications to that. Whatever you got to jump through be. the hoops, dance, monkey? <laughs> well, you have to say something. Yeah. And 
when I see people in New Hampshire complaining about, I'm a slave, but I'm a free man. And, you know, like there's this kind of dichotomous thinking going on there. And I say to myself, secession is one plane ride away. Like these are not difficult decisions to make. If you can make your money online, and I happen to know that uh, some of our co-hosts do, if you can make your money online, you can do it a lot less from another country. And taxes are not the same in other countries than they are in the U.S. The U.S. can tax you a lot. I, I don't disagree with your options. However, if we're getting back to the, the premise of casting the vote, right? Okay. It's it's you and 51%, uh, assuming you're on the majority for whatever the yep. vote is, president, whatever thing is going to be passed. It's you and, you know, 51% total uh, against the other 49% deciding what's going to take place. Whereas yep. in an actual free society, if there were uh, 100 people and I'll try to decide a thing, if 51 of the 100 people decided... Hey, we're going to go over here. We're going to build this bridge. 49 of you decided you didn't want to build the bridge. Fine. Don't participate. Don't build the bridge. Don't donate. Whatever. That's how it would happen. That's not what happens with voting, particularly for political purposes. When you vote for political purposes, the majority decides who gets to fill the chair, and then that chair decides how to oppress everybody, not just the other 49%. Right. So here's here's the argument for voting. There is at the moment a machine that is identifying and destroying everyone who is resisting. Now my voting in some circumstances slows that machine down so that we have more time to create systems that work around that machine, thus uprooting its source of power and becoming free not just here in I, New Hampshire, I hear you. but the entire world. I hear you, but at the same time, I do not have the right to decide who rules you and runs your life. You do not have the right to decide who rules me and runs my life. Therefore, voting is immoral. You haven't connected those two concepts. Because uh, placing a vote is placing a decision for which direction the force of government is going to be pointed at. Mm -hmm. Right. So if that gun so, is going to be so pointed at 50, your face... If 51%, you're in that 51%, you decided to point it the other way. Okay. Well, the other 49% is losing, if and there is you a gun, are pointing that gun at the other 49%. Therefore... Let's make this more specific. In their face. Let's say there's a gun pointed at your face... And I push that gun, not so that it's not pointed at you. I tried, couldn't do that, but I pushed it so that you get shot in the stomach. Am I responsible for you being shot in the stomach, or am I responsible for you not having yeah, a hole in your you're head? you're ignoring that that has nothing to do with voting. That has everything to no, do with voting. No, a vote isn't one person coming up and pushing a gun out of somebody's face. That is absolutely what it is. No, it isn't. A vote... Analogies always fail when you look at them too hard. No, that is exactly what this is, is you have the choice between something that will be lethal and something that will be painful. Go ahead, Crichton. I think the uh, examination is that voting is actually amoral. It's neither immoral nor immoral nor moral that would be my argument. act unto itself. It is the way we use it that comes down to it. And as individuals, we have to decide how we use it. But I would like to pull this conversation away 
and talk about what we talked about last week. Revisit right. awesome. last week. Yeah, because uh, Peakless um, actually mentioned he had something, uh, if you called, that there was something that we needed to talk about. Yeah, so I, I somewhat yeah. misunderstood your argument. But uh, so you were saying that the uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is where uh, uh, people who don't know what they're talking about think they know more than they do, uh, that that is responsible for the iron law of bureaucracy, which is the situation where anything, any, any bureaucracy that lasts long enough will eventually be taken over by those not who believe in what the, what the organization was founded to accomplish, but who believe in the continued existence of the organization. Now you were saying that, uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect, where you think you know more than you do because you don't know enough to know how much you don't know, <laughs> if you can follow that. Yeah, no, I got it. Uh, that is it's just a way of calling people stupid without saying stupid. You're stupid. Well, it's a little more specific than that. Like you're not only you're not only uh, uninformed about this thing, but you don't know enough about this thing to know how yeah. little you know about this thing. Like, and that's kind of the natural situation. I'll give you a practical example because that's what I'm all about most of the time. Uh, when I first started doing tech support, phone style, just calling. I got this problem. I don't know how to solve it. Right. Um, I would talk to. And I've heard this phrase repeatedly. Well, I'm a mechanical engineer, and I blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, but you don't know jack about software, pal. Right. So, like, but, like, here's an otherwise perfectly intelligent, if not superior in intelligence person who has made a career for themselves in some, you know, way, shape, or form outside of software. Mm-hmm. Like, screaming at the tech support rep, me in this case, right? Like, I'm not dumb. I know what I'm doing. I'm an engineer for F6, right? I laid brick for 40 years. I know how to tune a piano. Right, exactly. And so, Ben, this is exactly it. It's like, okay, you did. You did all of that, and I respect your accomplishments, but that doesn't make you a software engineer. Right. That doesn't make you a software right. technician. So, so that's, that's if you could related. go ahead and turn it off. Yeah, that's Turn it back issue. on for me. I'd be appreciative. <laughs> Yeah, it's a related issue that you that uh, you think uh, expertise in one field confers expertise in another one. Right. It's related, but it's not quite the same as the Dunning-Kruger effect. No, I think it's exactly the Dunning-Kruger effect. You, he thinks he knows more than he actually does because he's smart in a different area of things. Well, no, so it's the because that's different. So the Dunning-Kruger effect doesn't have a because. It's it's not because you know, you know what you're talking I, about. I don't think it precludes the because. Yeah, sure. So and, and to get back to uh, Crichton's point, though, so he was saying that the Dunning-Kruger effect causes the iron rule of bureaucracy. Mm. And no, that's not the case at all. So what actually happens, so the, the iron rule of bureaucracy doesn't actually have anything to do with not knowing how to do a thing. What is the iron rule? Uh, the iron rule of bureaucracy is that uh, if uh, if an organization lasts more than a generation, mm-hmm. it will end up being run not by those who wish to accomplish what that organization is there for, but those who want the continued existence of that organization. Okay, got it. Right. So that doesn't actually have anything to do with the uh, knowing anything about what your organization is doing directly. It's just a matter of the people who want the organization to continue to exist will be in the rule the roles of leadership now they will use the dunning-kruger effect to maintain the existence of the organization once they've taken over 
because the most effective way to continue the existence of an organization without actually accomplishing what it is, you know, ostensibly supposed to be doing is to make sure that all of the people in that organization think that it is accomplishing what it's supposed to be doing. So if, for example, you have some uh, government uh, program that we are supposed to be getting rid of homelessness. Now, this ends up being run by people who don't actually care about getting rid of homelessness. They care about continuing the program to end homelessness. But the best way to do that is to hire people who have no idea what it would look like to move in the direction of ending homelessness. Mm. And to use the uh, uh, the analogy from uh, from last week of the uh, feminist movement, so yeah, your first wave of feminists they wanted equal rights for women. Now, what ended up happening is, in order to get equal legal rights for women, you've made this organization that has this particular social structure. So now you've got a bunch of people who like the organization with this particular social structure. For example, those who are either unwilling or unable to do the the ordinarily expected thing at the time of going and finding a husband and having a family. So those who are either unable or uninterested in that were very devoted to the continuing existence of this feminist organization. So now, once you've moved from trying to accomplish equal rights to trying to continue feminism, then the best way to keep that going is to make sure that the people in there have no idea what equal rights looks like. Crichton? I have to say, I am impressed. With what? Crichton? All right. Well, somebody sprayed a can of Crichton. Be gone. Apparently, <laughs> he had to so say impressed. he had to say that he's impressed. He was so impressed that mic drop. I am impressed. <laughs> Mark, did you have anything to respond? Yeah. I, so I understand where people are coming from when they say things like "government is force" and "voting empowers government." So therefore, but what they can't do is they can't say what would happen if I didn't vote. Because I don't get to say whether or not other people vote. I can only choose whether or not Mark Edge votes. I could get on on the air and I could advocate other people not vote, but still, how many of them would? So to me, the Plato saying, which is when you don't vote, you're governed by idiots, it kind of comes back like, and that's but, the self-defense but, but i haven't voted my entire life and yet i'm governed by idiots so it doesn't matter if i vote or not also like i still feel like a casting a vote is me choosing a master for y'all my friends my family well, and i would still care about your i would never do that to you 603-283-6160 give us a call if you'd like to opine on tonight's conversation we'll be back with more including what's up with the irs We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish? GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA, insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. 
What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented Made in America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. News update. It's primary day in South Carolina with voters heading to the polls. IVF becoming a campaign issue. Former President Trump campaigning in South Carolina Friday night saying he strongly supports in vitro fertilization. I strongly support the availability of IVF for couples who are trying to have a precious little beautiful baby. I support it. Vice President Kamala Harris responding, the vice president blaming Trump for Alabama becoming the first state to say that frozen embryos qualify as children under state law. Harris speaking in a video posted online. Donald Trump says that he wants to protect IVF. Don't get distracted from the facts. He literally is the architect of this entire crisis. What happened in Alabama is a direct result of what happened in the United States Supreme Court. And I'm Laura Winters, USA News. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident or injured at work, you have rights and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer. And we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case. And they're so good they stake their reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right now. 800-524-3810. 800-524-3810. That's 800-524-3810. We still do email. Drop your email address in the entry box at freetalklive.com and you'll be kept in the loop with Free Talk Live. Yeah. 
tune in and listen to Free Talk Live. It's the Saturday night edition. We're here every Saturday from 7 until 10 p.m. Eastern Time. If you want to call in, those are the hours within which one must call. You call other times. Sometimes somebody's here. You might be able to say hi or, you know, be like, oh, I was calling. No, no, no. Call between 7 and 10, you know. Uh, if you want to get on Saturday program, 7 to 10 p.m. Saturday. We're also here Sundays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays right now doing the live thing. So that's how you get on. 603-283-6160 is the telephone number in the studio. It's myself, the captain. And Peakless Mountaineer. And joining us remotely from Florida. It's... Wait, sorry, it's the guy who's muted. Continual censorship oh, on this show. Go ahead. There we go. All right. Mark Edge. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, we got, we got, sorry. I, I, I hit the wrong button, okay? I'm human. That's the way it is. Jesus, man. You pay Don't for look the whole at me mark, with such but you only need the edge. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes. Uh, before we go on, are you tired of the oppressive rules and moderation of the big tech social media sites? Our Mastodon server at social.freetalklive.com can set you free. Mastodon is free, open source, decentralized, and federated. Multiple apps are available for iOS, Android, Windows, Mac, and Linux. Social.freetalklive.com Was that that adequate? I tried to do like a... Yeah, I like that. A pseudo-Zeus impersonation. I'm, I'm no Zeus, but... Social.freetalklive.com. That's the guy. That's the guy. That's how he talks, too. I ate <laughs> dinner with like him one that? time. Really? Whoa. Yeah, the guy. So that's, that's like that just his time. voice. Yep, that's it. <laughs> I would love for him to, like, I'd love to get audio of him, like, at the McDonald's drive through <laughs> Yes, I would like the number four supersized with a large orange drink. <laughs> Yeah, I honestly wonder if they think that I'd he's mocking them when that happens. I'd pay, yeah, right. I'd pay money for that. <laughs> All right. Um, so one of my least favorite government organizations I call theirs. Because if you spell it, <laughs> that's what it spells. Uh, if you want to know what it is, you have to like you have to put a space in there somewhere. It's the yeah. IRS. IRS. That's right. So this from thefreethoughtproject.com. IRS agent admits the agency, quote, has no problem destroying people's lives, unquote. And their history of corruption proves it. A recent investigation has put the nefarious behavior of the IRS on full display for all to see. The latest undercover sting video by guerrilla journalist James O'Keefe, founder of Project Veritas and current head of the O'Keefe Media Group, has provided some bombshell insights into the standard operating procedure of the United States Internal Revenue Service. Let's break okay, that so, down. So Let's this break is that down. Internal. What does that mean? That means inside of what? The U.S.? Inside of the government? Inside of, right? You know, revenue. All right. Well, to my knowledge, government doesn't engage in any revenue-generating practices. Right, they only engage in in one method of finance, and that is extortion, i.e., taxation. No. That's revenue generation. That's not revenue generation. That's theft. 
revenue generation implies a product or service at a market price. Whereas that I don't know that it does. It's just, it's just stealing. Implies generating revenue. But anyway, go yeah, ahead. Okay. That's true. Uh, and then service. <laughs> well, you're getting serviced, all right. That's we've, a fact. We've we've left no stone unturned with the definition of service, and the IRS certainly is servicing all of those who it attacks. Well, hold on. I'd, I'd, I'd like to push back on your interpretation here. Right. Okay, so the reason that it's internal is because you are a corporation. Don't you know? Like, That's why we gave you a social security okay, number. Okay, but my point is, is that they're not going after themselves. They're not going after other government people. They're not going after people who are employed. No, they are. Ass. They are. No, no, they're not. Well, they're going other after, government persons. It, it would be more accurate to call them the external revenue service. No, no, that's exactly it. They're only going after government property. Since it's the government that issued you your name as a corporate entity. Well, the government claims to it, own everybody and everything anyway. Exactly. That's why it's internal. Now, revenue. Revenue is just where you revenue money. So <laughs> your money, money from one venue to another? Exactly. You know, like you were going to play at uh, the Apollo and now you're playing in the park. It's a revenue. Now that money was in the venue of your wallet and now it's in theirs. <laughs> The IRS, theirs. Yes. And it's a service because from their perspective, they serve us. Mark, any thoughts before I go on? Well, here's what I'd ask, gentlemen. Let's say that, and I'm sorry, I don't know the year that uh, Rome fell. Year Rome fell. Oh, uh, Mm. that was like, uh, what? It's a tricky question because when you were like five or something, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) one year older than you buster it's still Uh, one year 467 ad okay so let's say guys you're hanging out in rome it's actually moved over i think to uh ravenna at that point Mm -hmm. the capital of rome anyway you're hanging out in ravenna it's 450 ad you're like, hey, things aren't so so bad. I mean, we went through our peak period, and things are kind of going downhill, and the emperors are, you know, they're kind of nuts, and they're taxing us a lot. But let's say you knew. Like, I came as a time – I'm a time traveler, and Rome is going to fall within the next two decades. Okay. Well, that would suit your abilities as an intergalactic space wizard. Go on. There you go. And so – I tell you, and you just sit there and you talk about how Rome sucks and the tax sucks and all this stuff. And I just say, come on, guys, let's go live in Gaul. Let's go live in Byzantine. That's got another thousand years uh, running in it. And, you know, like, that's how I feel when I hear this revenue uh, uh, IRS stuff. I do have to file. But I don't have to pay. And that's really nice. Wait. How much did you pay last year, Captain? Wait, wait, wait. You you have to file. Yep. But you don't have to pay. Correct. How is it that you can file without paying? A person who lives outside the United States, and it depends on the country as to how much time, but if, say, it was Mexico, you could make the argument that uh, if you're there, what, 189 days a year or something like that, you live more sure. time out of the U.S. than in, that you are a resident of Mexico, that person has $100,000 in earning 
that they don't have to pay. Now, if that person was an Amishman who had $100,000 in earnings, he wouldn't have to pay anything in uh, small business tax either. This is not tax advice. I'm just telling you how the tax system works. Now, dividends and interest you would have to pay on, and capital gains you would have to pay on, but just earnings you wouldn't for 100000 If you made more than 100000 then you're going to have to pay you know, above that. Okay. So, you know, that's a way not to pay. I mean, uh, I am all for uh, anyone, uh, you know, figuring out how to not pay or pay the least amount that they can possibly do. This is one of the things that uh, uh, your legislators or legislators uh, overlook. They will pass something, uh, you know, I don't know. Whether it's like, a, oh, we're going to do a lottery now and think of all the tax revenue we will generate from the lottery, right? Uh, yep. Well, believe it or not, people will look at that and you know, attorneys and accountants and accountants turned attorneys and attorneys turned accountants will all look at that and they'll go, how do we get around this? Oh, if we shuffle some money from here to here or yep. you know, transfer it from this thing to another thing, we can start to get around this thing now. Uh, when the legislators uh, pass these things that say, hey, we're going to tax this thing, and so we're going to allow, you know, I don't know, the lottery to, to go on, and this will generate us $10 million in revenue per year for the state. What they don't take into consideration is the backlash of people who find ways around that. And so it never generates the projected revenue which means that they have to either expand the program or increase the amount they take because they never consider what people are going to do in reaction to their passage of this thing in order to get around it and pay as little as possible. Well, they could make the tax, whatever the tax is, unavoidable, but they don't want to do that. They want their very biggest donors to have a way to avoid the tax. Right. In the same way that they could tell me exactly to the penny what I quote, oh, unquote. And I use quotes on that because I don't owe them a damn thing. But they could tell me to the penny every year without me lifting a finger, downloading a form, employing any sort of turbo tax or going to HR block or any of these bastards. Right. They could tell me exactly what that fee is, but they don't. Why? Because well, they want your submission of your tax return. Bingo. They want you your submi- to You have either, me if they want your submission. They want either you to pay someone else who you are not qualified to pick who that is to do this thing, or they want you providing free labor to count up all of these numbers and to dig through an unknown quantity of their tax law to decide how much you're going to guesstimate. Dance, monkey. Dance. Yeah. I'd like to read the 13th Amendment. Neither slavery nor, here's the part that I'm concerned with, involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States, or any place subject to their jurisdiction. 
Well, so here's some fun parts to this. According to them, they are following this. So they, yes, I know. Well, they, I can't imagine how they figure it out. How well, does the United States Supreme so, Court says that? Well, so here's the that? thing. The, the Supreme Court has decided that the internal uh, uh, contemplations of the bureaucracy are sufficient to be due process. So if they inside decide that, for example, you are a terrorist, then they can just go ahead and kill you. And that's due process, because your due process was when they decided that you were a terrorist. Yeah, but that the, is what our court system says about, so. So according to our system, tax. yeah, they're doing this. Hmm? I'm talking about tax. Yeah. Like, why do I have to figure out what I owe and put 40 hours per year into figuring out what I owe them when they know? Well, because you broke the law. I, mean, I didn't. Yeah, you did. They haven't come after me. No, but they're going to treat you as someone who's broken the law, like everyone else. Well, I have enough laws. To, We've all broken them. The, the Supreme Court says on this, because I just don't know. Yeah. I, like, so I'd, I'd like to offer a completely different way of solving this problem. Okay. okay. So if I get paid in Dash, and then I use that Dash to get done what I need to get done in my life. Mm-hmm. Yep. They have no ability to tax me. Mm, well, it depends. So if you go to the store and buy, I don't know, some toothpaste, right? Because you want to have fresh breath when you're in the studio, right? You know, you're on a bunch of different people and, you know, close quarters, whatever. So you buy some toothpaste. Mm. Uh, there's probably some sales tax on that toothpaste. Mm. So they don't have the ability to tax you specifically. Well, I don't know, man. I'm in New Hampshire. We don't have sales tax on most things here. Uh, on, on, okay. M- most things, but there still are taxes on things. Out of home food dollar. Come again? Out of home food dollar. Right. And so, it, it, like you go to a restaurant, there's a tax on your meal because it's prepared food. There's a tax mm-hmm. on that. So there, there are in taxes. In, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, let's take this one I'll step further. So, so in those cases where we have, like, the grocery stores in other states and the, you know, hotels in this state where they are required to pay taxes on things, well, if they were being paid in, say, Dash and were taking care of their business with that Dash, they wouldn't be taxable either. So the government has either like sure. t- either has to change the way that they gather taxes, which they're not going to do, <laughs> so that they accept dash, yeah. or else they literally cannot tabulate what you owe. I mean, the, the it seems so simple, and it's going to sound simple when I say it. Um, you can spend cryptocurrency without being taxed. It's possible to do so. Uh, whether or not you're in a position to do so is a completely different, that's an individual judgment that you need to make. But if you are transacting in cryptocurrencies exclusively, that is to say, hey, Bob Smith has something I want to buy and he wants a hundred bucks for it. I, uh, offer Bob Smith a hundred bucks in Dash, for example. Uh, and he goes, sure. And we make the exchange. It's exactly a hundred bucks. Uh, in in that particular currency, and I get the item, and he gets the hundred bucks. There's no tax involved. It's no different than going to a garage sale and finding a you know seventy eight LP from great grandpa, uh, you know from the Doctor Demento show. They're like, oh my god, this is funny. I have to buy this thing. You buy it for five bucks, 
uh, and you hand the guy a fin, and he goes, great, thanks, and you walk away with the album. There's no tax involved. Same thing. Like, there are ways for you to to transact without uh, having tax applied, whether mm-hmm. it's in even the cash realm, for that matter, much less cryptocurrency, yeah. right? But, like, cryptocurrency is a whole different realm, mm-hmm. and there are ways for you to, like, work around all that stuff well, as well. And there's also, so here's a fun one. Uh, uh, they're doing this in England, and I'm not sure how it applies to America yet. I haven't looked into it, but... Uh, so since England is a part of these international organization uh, agreements whereby they do not finance terrorism, you cannot knowingly give money to any organization that engages in, for example, genocide. Now, the United States federal government... Wait, wait, rewind is, that. What, what state's this? Uh, so I know this is going on in, in uh, Great Britain. Okay. Um, I haven't looked into whether uh, the U.S. has signed on to these same agreements or not, but it probably has because they don't really do much differently. So uh, since the United States is currently engaging in the genocide of the Houthis today, they are an organization that is violating these international, you know, Nuremberg-level laws. Now, it is a violation of international law for you to willingly give your money to any organization that does these things. So you are legally required to stop paying your taxes under international law. Because your tax money goes to an organization that does these... Mm, what's the word we're using things these blank things uh, uh crimes against humanity okay there you yeah go. yes yeah violations of international law uh nuremberg level offenses right. yeah by planning and, and raging like, offensive wars by committing genocide they have made it illegal for you to pay them taxes under international law like i know that um you know vietnam era people uh who didn't want to get drafted uh were we're labeled scum, you draft dodgers, you scum, you're dodging the draft. And they'd like flee to Canada or like otherwise run from the military police when the government came like for them to say, hey, you're joining the military whether you like it or not. This is known as slavery, people, or conscription, a little of both, uh, depending on your level of vocabulary. Now, those who fought this and, well, at least... Uh, in the media, one in court, were able to claim. Um, uh, help me out, Mark. What was it? The draft Dodgers claimed uh, in court. Um, I don't know. Uh, oh, that they weren't citizens. No, no, no. They claimed um, conscientious objection. Oh, oh, yeah. Conscientious objector status. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And Sorry. and this was able to like pass buster apparently in the court because basically their premise was uh, I disagree with the war and uh, you have no right to force me to participate in it. So what they did during the D- the Vietnam War for this is that those people because uh, I know uh, the Seventh Day Adventists for example uh, would more or less to a man refuse the uh, refuse violent service on the basis of being a conscientious objector right so what the military did is they put them all in non-combat roles you still get drafted you still have to you know be enslaved by this violent organization but at least you don't have to murder people directly well i mean that's you know you're still an accomplice right so right. like the conscientious objection still applies well i uh, <laughs> As a conscientious objector myself and a yeah. member of uh, Quaker Church, I 
have a great deal of respect for anybody who ran around as some kind of medic because they all often would help both sides. Oh yeah. And this is one of the reasons why they were rarely targeted. Now they, there are instances where they were targeted, but eh, you know, again, I, I think it's an alternative law. I don't think they should be forced to. Yeah. Uh, so uh, circling back to all of the things, uh, what I am saying is that I believe that there is a position uh, for somebody who, you know, I don't know, might be accused of of not filing or uh, yep. otherwise avoiding, you know, uh, taxation and that kind of a thing. I believe that conscientious objection is a valid defense for that. Yeah. Because I think so, too. Arguably, uh, your tax money is going to things that you disagree with, mm-hmm. uh, like morally that are evil that are evil, morally, politically, philosophically, mm-hmm. principle wise. Right. Like it's it's not a far fetch. Well, and what I love about appealing to this on the international law level is that you you basically have two very competing ideas of how things work. Either the individual is supreme and all of these things that it creates are under it, or it works the other way around, that the individual is subject to the state, the state is subject to the United States, the United States is then subject to international law. So either they can agree that international law is superior to, to the law of the United States, in which case you are obligated not to give your money to this organization or they're obligated to prove that they're not guilty of these crimes. Right. All of those would be great. Or it works the other way around where the United States is superior to international law. But that means that the states themselves are superior to the United States federal government and that you are, in fact, superior to the state. <laughs> Mark, any thoughts? No. Mark doesn't have any thoughts. Sorry, there was it was uh, going in and out. I couldn't hear. Oh, I just thought you didn't have any thoughts. Mark's going in and <laughs> out <too>. all night. <laughs> um, yeah. So I like that we've come to a point where, like, conscientious objection should be the default for every person in the United States of America. Well, I think that you have a better chance of being a conscientious objector if you're objecting based on the sort of war budget. Yes. This is what the Quakers mm-hmm. were doing, and I think there's a good argument for it. I agree. Uh, I think less so if you're like, I don't like everything else. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and, security. The, and by far, the majority of the money is being spent, A, on on military yes and b on previous spending on just paying down the interest now that that amount is about to actually go larger than the military for the first time in history but it's all those those are the big ticket items and most of what they spent their money on in the past that we are now paying interest on for is the military so it's just military spending and military spending so yeah since most of their budget is military then you can easily say since most of this is killing people i want to not kill people I want to not give to most of this. Uh, there's the killing portion, which involves military and domestic forces, police, that kind of thing. Um, but then there's also the um, the harming of people, right, which you could claim conscientious objection to. Specifically, 
the number of prisoners that exist in the United States of America far exceeds the number of prisoners by the gulags. Oh, yeah. So you do the math on that one. Um, There's plenty to conscientiously object about when it comes to uh, the United States government. So this is not tax advice. This is just opinion. No. 603-283-6160. If you'd like to voice your opinion, we've got hour number three of Free Talk Live still to come. More on the IRS and what they're willing to do to you. Coming up. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. As Dr. Wallach says, we all have nutrient deficiencies in our diets and must supplement with 90 essential nutrients in proper balances. At no cost or obligation, get a personal certified holistic health coach to help you develop a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL90. That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL90. 